Hey everyone, so today we're going to talk about uh, interracial relationships, uh, specifically friendships. Uh, and uh, the question was asked to me recently through a friend if I think that white people and black people, basically people of different races, can really be friends. Uh, so let's talk about it. So when I heard this question, my response was obviously, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just um, has been my experience. I have friends of uh, different races and, you know, obviously I'm Blackadian, I'm black. So, um, you know, I have a diverse group of friends. And then I was thinking about it and you know various criticisms sort of got into the conversation about you know various tv shows where uh that were criticized for not having a diverse group of people represented in like a certain friend group or whatever the case may be and i thought um if that's i feel like that's maybe people's experience and you know you write what you know the creators of the show are not trying to go out there and you know stick it to people I've obviously talked about how representation matters and uh, I think that's changing now that uh, um, people of color can see themselves on television more and uh, that's you know very important uh, for young people now um, but then I thought you know if I you know, people of color are maybe more unique in this way. Um, so I've grown up, I think I've, you know, mentioned before that I grew up in a predominantly white uh, Jewish neighborhood. And, um, you know, that obviously uh, influences and impacts my friendships because obviously I, out of, you know, the two black people in my grade, um, didn't have a lot of choices to choose from uh, if I just wanted to have one friend. But, um, you know, I, I thought that um, I sort of, I, I, not, I don't necessarily limit myself in that way. I think what happens is that I think that I would have something in common with somebody who necessarily um, doesn't look like me. And I'm just wondering if that's something that's unique to people of color. Um, do, you know, white people think that way? Do they think, look at me and think, yeah, let's me and her hang out together? Or are they thinking, you know, not maliciously, but they'll, they'll probably think, you know, maybe she doesn't want to talk to me. And, um, I remember years and years ago, I was reading this article about this woman and she grew up in Minnesota and well, she came to Minnesota recently and from Africa and it was sort of her first experience with racism. And she, I think she called it polite racism because she goes into her high school and she's, you know, looking for a place to sit and she just picks a, a empty table that had some space and she was you know described how one of the girls like giving her polite directions was like oh the black kids actually sit over there and sure enough there was the table of probably all the black students in the entire school sitting at the one table and she was thinking she was so shocked by this, you know, coming from a place where everyone was black in Africa. She had never experienced racism. And it was like 
polite. She was so offended by this, but the woman just thought she was literally lost and didn't realize the rules of where the black kids sat. And I thought, you know, it, it wasn't a place of maliciousness. It's just she thought that this new student needed direction on where to be. And I was just thinking if that's the case sometimes, you know, with, uh, you know, white people not having friends of color, they're maybe just thinking that it's not, um, not, not an option or not that case. So we sort of had a discussion around that. And whereas people of color, we, um, we aren't, thinking of ourselves so marginalized and we see ourselves as more as individuals so we think that we can find something in common with uh people that are you know visibly different than us one of the things stories that i want to tell that comes to mind was back in university um one of my friends who uh was is asian um she was Chinese and she was dating a young man who was also Chinese and so uh, we had this conversation about how she they'd been together for years it was our last year of university it was sort of thinking of that next step are we gonna you know get married or whatever the case may be and she was thinking no and it was for this particular reason he did not want to have non-Chinese friends and she was you know obviously as we were friends this was a concern for her because she liked not limiting herself in that way you know she was born in Canada as was her boyfriend and you know their family spoke Chinese and it was obviously a big part of her culture and her life um, and her family life but she thought that you know, being in Canada meant that uh, she could have friends that were more diverse. And she was saying that her boyfriend would literally uh, pretend not to <laughs> uh, speak English when uh, he was around her non-Chinese friends. And she was like, uh, obviously, they know you're lying. You go to university here. Um, you know what I mean? Like, she was just so embarrassed by his, uh, frankly, racist behavior that she was like you know I've been with him for four years I just can't get past this and you know I thought to her if it's important to you and we have this discussion if it's important to you that I think that um it, you're obviously not compatible in this way because it's uh, a huge issue and I just thought uh, how interesting that he would choose to limit himself in this way very intentionally um as opposed to the opposite side of the coin where I think that some people limit themselves in this way unintentionally. Um, so the other story that's interesting uh, that I think of, you know, with a diverse group of friends is in the workplace. I know that um, I've gained friends in the workplace and the workforce that typically I probably wouldn't have many interactions with uh, outside of work, um, but they're a great group of people and we do socialize, you know, outside of work hours and I consider them my friends. And so I always think that it's always so obvious, you know, when we go out to a, a bar or a restaurant, in the case may be, you know, we're various ages, we're various, you know, um, races and uh, genders. And I just think that, you know, 
it's very obvious to people that like you know if someone's trying to place how do they know each other it's obvious that we're clearly you know work buddies so I just think that um, you know sometimes there's that categorization of you know like what I'm at with like my friends that are you know we're all like uh, the university crowd or like you know um, my girlfriends we go out and you know those kinds of things you know everyone can sort of pinpoint like oh okay I can see what they may uh, have in common whereas I feel like sometimes it's a little uh, confusing for people in other uh, in other circumstances but not necessarily a bad thing um, so <laughs> that also uh, makes me think about what's going on currently in the United States. And I'll be honest, uh, I think that with President Trump, that a lot of his problems that he's experiencing uh, could have been solved by having a more diverse friend group. I think that, uh, you know, I always think, and not just with the presidency, but any time there's like some racial issues, I think, you know, uh, there's been, you know, some companies have had, you know, racially insensitive advertising, you know, certain things. And, you know, the, the question that always comes back if on social media is always is like, there was not one black person that this passed through their hands, like no editors, nobody in the entire company saw this and said, look, this racist. Yeah, let me put a stop to it. I think there was like the whole Gucci thing where there was like a sweater that looked like blackface. And someone was like, where are the black Gucci people? Where are the execs at, at? <laughs> that no one saw this and said, let me just let me just put a pin in this and tell you to pull it back a little bit. So I often think that when someone has sensitivities, especially when um, they're in a pro professional position, you know, they're surrounded by people. There's a lot, you know, that before this hit the public, that lots of eyes, lots of hands had touched it. And you would hope that there'd be somebody senior enough in that organization, you know, someone senior enough in the, the White House to, to say things like, you know, just hold on a second that's not gonna be okay and that's not gonna be right so there's obviously the benefits there of having uh, that diverse friend group and I think it helps as well um, you know there's um, lots of conversations right now going on about how to be anti-racist anti-racist how to be woke and I think that um, that comes from people not having uh, that pool uh, community to reach out to and to talk to. And um, I, I think it's, you know, people are afraid to, of saying the wrong things. They're afraid of being offensive. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, black people, people of color, we can tell the difference between somebody who's being racist and somebody who... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the way I said it. I was like, racist. Uh, I can't even say the word without a little bit of anger that back there. But, you know, we can tell the difference between someone who's genuinely wanting to uh, learn to, to be better and someone who's just being, you know, racist. And I, I can tell, we can absolutely tell the difference. So um, if you are fortunate enough to have those people in your life, you know, 
be open and honest with them, just like you would with the friends that you think are similar to you. If you had something, you know, a little sensitive and touchy to talk about, you just say it honestly, come to them and be like, look, I'm coming to you from a place of um, desire to be a better human being. And I just need to wonder, I'm asking about this kinds of thing. Don't be shy. They're not going to, um, you know, jump at you, be angry with you. They're going to know the difference that you are coming to them with an open heart. Um, and it's going to be part of your journey at, you know, being better, being an anti-racist. And, you know, I'm, uh, capable of racism as well as even as a black woman I think a lot of people more on that later think that they're immune to it if you're a person of color Um, so I'm always wanting to know more and learn more and that's why I work at having that diverse group of friends uh, so that I can uh, have that be a part of my experience and a part of my life Um, so yeah I think that's um, that's definitely changing that there's lots of conversations around that so um to answer the question yes absolutely white people and black people can be friends um and i think it's beneficial for that to happen i think uh it's it's good for everybody and um i think if you're feeling a little bit isolated in your uh world and um you know, it's, it's try to find different ways to reach out. Um, if that's through your work or, you know, joining some sort of club or organization, if that's something that you want to do, I think that's um, it's just a good way of making the world a, a, a better, uh, better place. So yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining my Blockadian universe.